Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 204. Peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly, and a baseball bat. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, if he could be any Power Ranger, it would be the green one. Pat Flynn. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me today. This is session 204 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thank you for sharing a little bit of your time with me today and our special guest. His name is Sean Kelly from snacknation.com. And that's where the uh, peanut butter jelly time song came from in the beginning, which brings me back to middle school. Totally nostalgic while doing that. But anyway, Sean Kelly's awesome. He brings a lot to this episode talking about how he's been able to change how offices are buying snacks and Snack Nation's doing incredible things. We're gonna talk about his journey, how he got started with that. I know a lot of you are also involved with or interested in or even customers of subscription box services. And this is similar to that, but Sean's doing it in sort of a different way. And I was actually really excited about recording this episode because every Wednesday now, I go to downtown San Diego and I work out of a co-working space and I actually do get snacks every once in a while while there. And they have sort of a self-service a snack system in the back where you swipe your credit card and stuff. And Sean's gotten involved with that a little bit, but we're talking about how he's taking that to the next level and also the greater meaning behind Snack Nation, what this actually really means and why Sean is doing it and how he's making an impact on this world through this particular service. So I think this will provide a lot of inspiration and uh, a lot of tactics and strategies for those of you who listen to the show. So I just wanna thank you for coming on and listening, spending your time. So let's not waste any more time and get right into the interview with Sean Kelly from snacknation.com. Here he is. What's up, everybody? Pat here with Sean Kelly, who has an amazing business generating a lot of passive income in a way that we have never talked about before. He's also known as the Sultan of Snacks, which I love, and you'll hear more about that in a sec. Uh, but Sean, welcome to the SPI Podcast. How are you? I'm uh, I'm pumped, man. I'm jacked up to be here. Really appreciate it, Pat. Fun to be talking with you. Uh, I'm super stoked because there's a lot of different ways to generate an income, obviously, and something that has really interested me ever since the beginning and when I started talking about passive income it's this idea of not just doing it online, 
but doing it in the real world. And there's a lot of different ways people are generating passive income in the real world. And I even researched things like how to buy an ATM machine, you know, and you get commissions off however many transactions you get. You know that $4 fee, that's what a person who owns that ATM would essentially get. And so all those types of things interest me, but you have something along the same lines. Let's get into your story. How did you get into what it is that you do now? Well, so now my main focus is, um, it's a company called Human. It stands for Helping Unite Mankind in Nutrition. And our main business today that's taking the most of my energy is Snack Nation. It's a B2B SaaS company. Now, most people, when you say SaaS, think that it stands for software as a service. Mm-hmm. Well, we say it's snacking as a service. So Snack. we, yeah, snacking as a service. So we've really built a B2B um, that is a business to business snack membership service on a SaaS type model. And what that means is instead of a office manager or head of HR having to worry about you know, buying all sorts of snacks in this absolutely crazy snacking culture we live in today, having snacks run out, um, having people be dissatisfied because there's not enough rotation, we take care of all of that. We own the snacking experience in the office and ship a constantly evolving, rotating, highly curated mix of the best healthy snacks, the finest emerging, innovative, better for you brands, direct to businesses on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly basis so they just never have to worry about it. And why that's passive for us, for the most part, is because we have a 90% retention rate. That means wow. that you know, for every month that follows, we know where 90% of our revenue is coming from. And certainly, we obviously chase new customers and are constantly focused on acquiring new ones. But even more than that, we are focused on retaining our members, which um, not only means it's a, it's a much more a much healthier business because it's recurring revenue and we, you know, it's very predictable revenue, but it's also a lot more fun because we get to focus on our members rather than just, you know, transactional customers. That is amazing. And how did you even come up with this idea or where did it come from? Oh, well, so that takes me back to, you know, I think you're kind of referencing this a little bit um, when you mentioned ATM vending, ATM machines, which are really just vending machines for money. Right. I was, uh, you know, grew up in Northern Michigan, son of a, a dentist and a bunch of doctors in my family. Uh, was got really into health and nutrition early on. Thought I wanted to be a cardiothoracic surgeon, so I decided to study biomedical engineering at Johns Hopkins University. Pretty quickly, in fact, after 30 days, I kind of realized that Johns Hopkins was not the place for me because I wanted a little bit more than academia, especially after being stuck up in uh, Northern Michigan for mm-hmm. for the first 18 years of my life. Which don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful place, but I just wanted to get out and kind of spread my wings a bit. So I decided to transfer to Columbia University, continue studying biomedical engineering. But there I became a personal trainer because I, I realized it was a lot more fun to make $100 as a therapist to middle-aged people in New York than it was to make uh, like 10 bucks at the sweaty Columbia gym. <laughs> and so while personal training, um, it was this one day in, um, in actually January of 2002, I was a sophomore in college. I finished up a workout and saw a lady at a sports club I was working at. That's a, it's a New York sports club. It's still on 80th and Broadway on the, in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. She purchased a Coca-Cola out of the vending machine at the gym. It was the only food and drink dispensary at the gym, right? So this is things that come away, obviously, uh, come a long way over the last 10 years at health clubs. Mm-hmm. Bought that Coke, took a swig out of it, put it in the cup holder of a treadmill and started running. Oh, and I geez. what? what the heck? I said, are you freaking kidding me? If people here in the Upper West Side of New York City do not have access to healthy foods that will make them productive and healthy, what, what are the people like in my hometown in Traverse City, Michigan doing? And so I asked myself, why are there not healthy vending machines? And the reason was there was actually no good reason. 
And so launched a healthy vending machine business in, um, in college. And uh, that healthy vending machi- uh, machine business grew to having thousands of healthy vending machines across the country, primarily on a franchise model. That led us to to getting more into businesses and doing corporate food delivery because vending machines work really well in schools and hospitals and YMCAs. Kids love vending machines. Adults don't love them as much just because there's not a tactile experience with the with the products and with the meals. Mm-hmm. And then um, that that experience of delivering to corporate mi- micro markets—that's uh, unattended self-checkout convenience stores inside of corporate break rooms—that actually led us into Snack Nation because over ninety percent of our leads throughout history of this business have been smaller businesses saying, "We want what you have," and we've kind of just like disregarded them. It's kind of embarrassing. We've kind of like disregarded them and be like, "You know what? We're only going into big businesses. That's the only place where we can be profitable, and the capex and the opex can justify." the income that the machines and the markets produce. But we kind of stumbled upon Snack Nation and now it's now it's just a, a big, big, big focus of ours. And I kind of wish we would have focused on it even <laughs> a few years even earlier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes it just takes kind of listening to something over and over and over again to finally realize that that's what you're supposed to do. So it's good good on you guys for, for switching that model there. Now, the what it is now, is it still a vending machine? Is it one of those uh, unattended vending machines? Because I know there's one actually in my co-working space downtown in San Diego which is super handy because I go there, it's always fully stocked and I can just pick out an item from the cooler or the uh, snack items and then just scan it and then scan my card into the little POS system, which is essentially an iPad and, and I'm on my way. And it's, it's really, really convenient. Is that what Snack Nation is too? Or is it kind of more of a, I, I'm not exactly sure what the model is like. Is it, is it one of those systems? Great question. Right now, our business is broken down into three parts. We have the healthy vending machines. Those are um, we got a couple thousand healthy vending machines run by a network of about 150 franchisees across the country. So those are they're like high tech vending machines, right? With um, with conveyor belts, uh, infrared sensors. Oh wow! Uh, primarily distribute. You know, they're primarily distributing ready to drink beverages and healthy snacks. Yes, we distribute some meals and fresh food and fresh fruit and stuff. But the, the fact of the matter is that people still would prefer to buy a packaged item from a vending machine. So CP, you know, packaged goods dominate our vending business. Our second business is micromarkets. These are primarily at corporations, businesses of over 300 employees on site. Those are unattended self-checkout convenience stores inside of break rooms. And so imagine like a miniature Whole Foods with coolers and snack racks where people can go and grab a salad and a snack off a, off a rack, grab a drink, and then check out with their thumbprint at an automated kiosk and with cameras all around. So people know that, you know, they're at least being watched because it is kind of on the honor system. Mm -hmm. That's our second business. We have a few hundred of those in different businesses across the country. Some that we run ourselves and some that our franchisees run snack nation is actually just a box of snacks. It's a box of snacks where month to month, 70% of the box is rotated with new, new flavors, new brands, new products, and businesses just pay for those snacks and then give them out to their employees. So it's a fully subsidized model, whereas in the other environments, employees or guests, kind of like what you're talking about in that co-working space path, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you're going and using your credit card, your cash. In Snack Nation, the company's saying, hey, you know what, providing amazing snacks to our employees to make them happy, healthy, and productive is really important, so we're just going to pay for it. Wow. That's really cool. I think, I think it's a great idea, and as, from a business point, of you, I mean, you're just essentially shipping items and that's it. You don't have to worry about anything else after that. The sale comes at the time that they purchase, right? And it's kind of a recurring monthly model. And that's exactly it. There's, 
and, and now you can probably see, even though our other businesses, healthy vending and micromarkets, they're, they're passive income businesses. I mean, you set them up and then people continue to buy. Yes, you got a stock, right? And you have to invest in some equipment up front. But once you get a great location, it's, you know, very highly passive income. Snack Nation is even more so because you have very little CapEx, right? I mean, you're buying a box to ship the snacks in mm-hmm. and then it just is recurring. It's just as long as you provide a phenomenal snacking experience and you're doing a really good job in what your core product is, people just keep on ordering. You're, cha- you're charging their credit card automatically every month or every week and it just continues to flow. Yeah, I mean, what comes to mind right now is replacing snacks with all kinds of other things. And when I think of that, that's like a lot of those box subscription services that a lot of people subscribe to. Now, I, I've even subscribed to some for several months on, you know, you could, you could subscribe to socks or subscribe to, I mean, I think there's even one for underwear, toys for kids and shoes for, for women. And, you know, it almost sounds like that thing where people want variety and they also want that thing anyway, so might as well have it be shipped to them for convenience purposes. Absolutely, and you're absolutely right. We are moving in from a transactional economy to a membership economy. And, the, and, and this may seem like a little bit of a stretch, so hopefully I don't lose you here, but how I think about this is why do we love to build new habits? The reason that habits are so powerful for human beings is because once you actually form a habit, it becomes routine. And so if it's a positive habit as opposed to a negative one, you no longer have to think of that thing. It becomes automatic in your life. And so developing positive habits, once you've, you know, focused on them for, you know, six months and they become routine, you no longer have to use up brain power or physical energy to do whatever that positive thing is. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very similar to, you know, for instance, delivering healthy snacks. Like people, they just want to set it and forget it, right? The more stuff, if you can trust in the company or the partner that you're working with to provide a continually phenomenal experience with great variety, right? Great discovery that meets your needs and your specific preferences, and you can set it and forget it and trust that partner. It just eliminates that energy so that the office manager, the head of HR, the CEO or CFO of that organization can focus on more important things and just understand that that's taken care of. So whether it's in a business environment or a consumer environment or just looking at you know, yourself in terms of your own habits and how you're setting it up, I think they're all in some ways interconnected. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the theme that you keep bringing up, and I haven't even really gotten into this yet, but you are always mentioning the word healthy and you're talking about purpose of providing nutritional snacks and that sort of thing. And this goes back to your story with that Coke and the treadmill, which is kind of crazy just to even imagine that in my head. I can I can see that happening and just being like, what? Are you crazy? And and kind of your mission behind all this. And c- c- can you talk and, and maybe elaborate a little bit on, on what the true mission is? And it's obviously you're using this as a way to help people create those healthy habits. And I think it's it's genius. I mean, from a business standpoint, you're creating a habit of receiving these things every month, which allows people to, it allows you to have this 90% retention rate, which is amazing. But from a consumer end, it's like, hey, this is already done for me. And if you can train essentially these people to have these healthy snacks, it's gonna be automatic for them. I think that's 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 huge. You're, you are affecting people's lives through snacks. And you might not think that that's that important, but it really is. So can you talk a little bit more about the mission and kind of, the, the overarching goal here for you? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for bringing it up. I mean, that's, that's why our name, our parent company is human. It stands for helping unite mankind and nutrition. When I, when I saw that, that woman and laughed and kind of was just like almost appalled way back when in that aha moment in 2002, I said, you know what? Here I am focused on education. Here I am focused on thinking that I want to be a surgeon and focus on the problem after it occurs. 
But the issue is access. Like if people, whatever, whatever you're trying to sell, if it's something that benefits somebody else, if people don't have access to it, then access is the issue. Education doesn't matter without access. And so I've really, you know, uh, focused the better part of the last, you know, geez, in 2002, 12 years of my life, uh, 12, 13 years of my life on democratizing access to healthy foods. Snack Nation specifically democratizes access to emerging, innovative, and better for you brands. And it happens to focus a whole bunch on snacks. Well, why snacks? It's very easy to kind of, you know, we live in a snacking culture, right? Just bite-sized snacks. And it's very easy to just say, oh, it's just snacks. But guess what? Snacks have been shown to influence your eating habits more than any other food category. And that's especially true for millennials. Millennials are not only the the first generation to consistently eat snacks as meals and as meal replacements, but they eat more than three times as many snacks as their grandparents and more than two times as many snacks as their parents. Snacking habits for millennials, actually snacking, snacking frequency since 2011, just the last four years, has increased 26% per person in America. So we're literally in obsessive snack culture. And what do you think's happening, Pat, if somebody's having a flaming hot Cheetos and a Coca-Cola in the middle of the day? Do you think that person is more likely to stop and get something healthy on the way home for dinner? Or do you think they're more likely to say, oh, you know what? Even if even subconsciously, if they don't realize it, they're saying, I already had flaming hot Cheetos and Coke. I've already said that I don't really care what kind of snacks I put in my body. It's all connected. So you know what? I'm just going to stop into McDonald's and get this and not worry about these other things. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're touching on a lot of points there. And funny, you mentioned flaming hot Cheetos and a soda because that literally was my lunch almost every day in high school for the first couple of years. It's just ridiculous. And that's because... A, I didn't know any better, so I, I didn't I didn't know what was good or not for me. And I remember coming home specifically from school every single day, putting on Save by the Bell and just falling asleep because I would just be so tired and drained because I didn't have anything good in me. Anyway, the second part of that is just convenience. The reason I got those things was because that's what was there and what was what tasted good. And there was nothing really that existed at that time that I knew was, uh, tasted good that was actually good for me. And so it's like like you're coming in now, you're making it convenient for people, you're creating that habit so they don't even have to think about it anymore. And I, I just, how many employees would you say have you served through Snack Nation total? Well, so Snack Nation's grown pretty fast. We've only focused on Snack Nation for the last year. So really, and really only had a massive focus on it this year. You know, we're, we're speaking, what, we're speaking in um, November. Mm-hmm. Uh, geez, I can't believe it's th- almost Thanksgiving, but um <laughs> Thanksgiving of 2015, we really just started placing a big focus on it in, in uh, Q1 of this year. And by the end of this year, we will serve, we'll be servicing almost 100,000 employees um, purely from Snack Nation. That's just for Snack Nation. How long would it take for a surgeon to do work on 100,000 people? Oh, man, I don't. You know where I'm going with this? It's like yeah. you. It's like it's incredible the effect that you're having through the business that you've created by just being smart about this and being aware of these things that are going on and 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 creating a solution for it as opposed to the traditional route to helping people and in the same way you're helping people with their health but in a such a, a, a much grander way at really the root of everything you're hitting people before a surgeon's essentially needed sometimes I guess it's, you could say I, I remember Pat going up to Columbia Presbyterian and and seeing the people who are who are typically 
you know, the people that you typically operate on as a cardiothoracic surgeon, and let's just be honest, they're typically very overweight, not, not across the board, but usually overweight and have made poor lifestyle decisions. And, you know, some people will blame those individuals. I mean, you know, we, we obviously have to take responsibility for our actions, but mm. it's hard to blame people when the, the education and access is where it is in this country today. A lot of these people just don't know better and, and they, and they don't understand food and they don't understand how snacks impact them. I mean, what impacts you, what really impacts you as an individual in this world? It's the air that you breathe. It's the thoughts that go into your head and it's the food and drink that you consume. That's it. Like that will basically determine the person that you become. And, and a lot of people just don't give it enough thought because they're not taught it. We're, we're taught ge ge uh, geometry and what an isosceles triangle is before we're taught about, you know, what macronutrients are and how they have a massive physiological uh, impact on every single minute of our life. And so my whole thing was, yes, let's go and help these people before they get to a point where this operation, you know, this operation might prolong their life by five years or something, but let, let's, let's get them to a point where before they're trying to prolong their life by five years, they're trying to live an extra 50. Um, you know, and so surgeons, I don't take away anything. And, and I know you're not, you're not saying that at all either. Right, I don't right. take anything that they're doing. I mean, I think it's one of the most rewarding and most beautiful professions. And, and I, and I hate how much insurance they have to pay. And I, I actually think surgeons and doctors should make more money. Um, but, but there's a lot of different ways to create positive impact. And I think that just as individuals, as societies, if we look at the root of the problem, you know, rather than trying to fix the problem after it's already occurred, we're just going to put ourselves in a much stronger and happier place. Right, right. And you didn't necessarily have to go to school to be able to do what you're doing now. It's just anybody with an idea and with a, who, who has an eye to see a problem out there can create that solution. And I think that's, that's so powerful. So, so, so thank you for, for sharing all that. Well, you bring that up, you bring that up Pat. I, I got I to gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so basically uh, the, the summer before my senior year when I said, you know, I, I, I remember calling my parents and my dad and telling them, hey, I'm still going to finish pre-med, you know, finish his education. But I basically told them I was going into the vending industry instead of going to medical school. And uh, even though, you know, I, I was surprised that my, my dad was actually and my, my parents were pretty darn supportive. Mm -hmm. But you can imagine my, my father uh, thinking at that time of all of, all of the uh, tuition bills and his uh, his son was going into the vending industry, which I literally could have started like while I was in high school. So it's uh, it's 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 pretty funny, but <laughs> you're absolutely right. Well, you did say you you did you did start doing things in college in terms of of, of vending, and you know you essentially had a, a thousand vending machines. I think you said around the world through affiliates and stuff. Like, how does one get started in something like 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 that? I, that that's the first question because it's it's is. I don't know. It's just it's so different than anything I've really talked about on the on the site before. Like, how does how does somebody get started with vending type stuff? I mean, I think like any business, and, and I'm sure you promote this quite a bit. It's just dip your toe in the water, and you know, and and get your get your leg in deeper and deeper. It doesn't have to be really fast, but just over time, and and constantly iterate, right? Constantly change the position of your leg and how it's going to the bath. Because uh, success does not come from the initial decision. Success does not come from an idea. Success comes purely from the iterations. And so I, I think you know, so many people worry way too much about getting started. Just get started and, and don't put so much emphasis on your decision. Like literally, you're going to make so many wrong decisions. Like even really, really, really good business people, they may only make 51% of the right decisions. In fact, there's some really successful entrepreneurs that make far more bad decisions than they make good decisions, but they just know how to iterate 
you know, and how to constantly change and they put themselves in a really good place. So that, you know, this is something that's become really obvious to me over the last five years. I wish it was obvious to me when I was younger, uh, just because I would have allowed myself to fail more and, and move a lot faster knowing that the iteration is where, you know, the magic comes from. Right. Vending machines is all about location. It's all about location. So if you want to get in the vending, you want to get in the ATM business, it's all about finding a location that has um, a high amount of traffic. That's people that pass through that location that hopefully are in need of whatever service you provide. So if it's an ATM machine, which is, you know, it's a pretty saturated market now, unless you have some really good kind of connections at new locations being built. Um, you know, that's, that's where people who, you know, who are, who are looking for cash and, you know, the nice thing about ATM machines is people kind of need cash just about everywhere. Mm -hmm. If it's a, um, if it's a vending machine and a food and drink vending machine, you're typically going to look at, okay, do you have connections inside of schools? Do you have connections inside of hospitals? Do you have connections inside of health clubs? Because those are the places that people are going to want a beverage. They're going to want a healthy snack. They're going to want a bar. They're going to want a meal and they're going to want to do so conveniently. And so that's what I learned. I learned that, you know, yes, obviously the products that you put in the machine are really important. Yes, the technology used is important, but 80% of the vending business is finding a location because if you find a great location, you know, being uh, just, you know, you don't have to be an amazing, you can just be above average in all those other ways and you'll have people that will just continuously empty your vending machine, purchase all of your products, you'll have a really nice passive income. Whereas if you don't have a great location, you could be, you know, you can be perfect in all those other areas and, you know, only generate, you know, a few hundred dollars a month as opposed to, you know, a few thousand dollars a month. Right. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And then the kind of box subscription service, kind of the Snack Nation kind of model. How are you getting those supplies? Like, I, th I think this, this is a question I've always had when I think of these box services. It's like, okay, great. I can sign up for this box and I get a new one every month and there's 10 different things from 10 different companies in there. Like, you guys aren't making the snacks yourself, right? You're sourcing them from their other places. Like, how does that work in terms of coordinating all that? Because I, I feel like that would be one of the hardest parts. And just to make sure you have enough for the demand and, and all those sorts of things, does it come down to, like you said, again, connections and relationships to these companies? Yeah, it does. So, you know, I, I'm, um, I'm a total natural products and healthy food nerd. Um, I mean, my senior year spring break, instead of going on spring break with my friends, I went to the Natural Products Expo in Anaheim, <laughs> So that's like total nerd right there. A complete healthy snack nerd. Spring bake. Woo. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. I'm going to, let's go and shotgun some snacks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did. Well, I did go on spring break after that. So I, oh, okay. Okay. That wasn't, I wasn't, well, no, I was still a total nerd, but <laughs> so I, I've been, I've been developing those relationships for, for quite a while. And, and now we have um, a director of strategic partnerships whose you know, sole job is to find new products, to discover them, and to connect with those brands. Because really, you know, the, the only way that we provide a phenomenal curated solution to our businesses and to employees and to our customers and members is if we have amazing brand relationships right. um, that are planned out far in advance. Because for us, you know, we typically have our, our curated boxes. We have three different boxes right now, all of 16 different SKUs. There's some customization per box depending on our specific member business. So you're looking at every single month we have typically have at least 60 SKUs. Most of those SKUs are completely separate brands. And what we're ordering and how we're ordering it is completely based on an algorithm. It's based on forecasts along with, you know, kind of past history. The nice thing is our forecasts are usually really, really, really are, are pretty darn accurate because it's such a you know predictable revenue stream. Yeah, so yeah. We, we know for the most part how many boxes we're going to sell. 
and you know, and we're planning four months out. So this is um, Pat. It, it it is a pain in the butt in terms of just how much work it is, but it's also a lot of fun because it's literally our passion. We love it. It's fun. We're we're, we're healthy snack geeks. We know that, and we know that this is essential. It's an essential value proposition that we need to have a competitive advantage, but also that we need to deliver a snacksational experience to these businesses. So we do everything. I mean, we have a warehouse. We order all the products in. We fulfill and ship everything out. And uh, you know, I think that it'll it'll be like that for the foreseeable future because when you have 150 snacks per box, on average, 16 different SKUs per those snacks. You know, so eight to ten of each snack in that box. Getting that into a fulfillment company and having them do it well is just is almost impossible and at, at a at a um, economically viable rate. Mm-hmm. And so it's something that we decided early on that we had to own, and I, I think we'll probably always own it. That's cool. Yeah, thank you for answering that. I was actually going to ask about fulfillment and how that that all happens because I know of a few people who have started these box companies, and it just gets super overwhelming, especially once things start to take off. That's it can, it, you know, it's late nights every night for two weeks putting these things together and then shipping them out. So you have a warehouse, you said, and, and everything's all kind of fine-tuned and, and, and working like a, like a nice little uh, fine-tuned machine. Yeah, you know, and we're always improving. So, you know, for me, I think of um, probably like you, Pat, you think of fine-tuned machine. It's like, yes, is it fine-tuned compared to where it was six months ago? Absolutely. But we... We need to constantly, constantly change. I mean, it's it's a downside, right? I mean, I know, I know you, I know a lot of your audience. You know, you have obviously a very wide range of of people in your audience, but I know you have a, a lot of fans and followers, and people get a lot of magic, great stuff from you that are solopreneurs and who you know might work from their home um, and might want not to take on physical inventory, or if they do, you know, they want it to com- be completely fulfilled by a fulfillment house. And I get that, and it's fantastic. It's just that for us. We decided that we had to have a warehouse. We're actually expanding warehouses and getting another one right now. For our business, we decided that we had to take on that overhead. It was an essential component of our customer experience. It was an essential component of our competitive advantage. So we decided that we had to develop this. It wasn't so much out of a out of a desire of owning the process, but we've had to become warehouse and fulfillment experts. Thankfully, not me. There's other, you know, kind of better people on my team regarding this. You know, just just because it's um, it's it's kind of how our our value proposition and our our experience has panned out. Yeah, I love that, and, and I love how even though there's a lot of work involved, you still say this is passive because you're putting in a lot of work up front. You're working ahead of time and getting, uh, you know, months ahead of time in terms of shipment and you know in terms of the recurring revenue. I mean, you, that's that's the holy grail of of passive income. What do you what what kinds of things are you doing to to help? You know, besides the product itself being great and something, you know, that people have a habit of continually coming back to, what else are you doing to keep your customers happy? Oh, so, yeah, great question. Um, you know, I have a, uh, have you read, Pat, have you read um, Who Do You Want Your Customer to Become? No, I haven't. Oh, it's a, it's an awesome, awesome book. It's, it's really, really powerful. Um, it talks about that, you know, those companies that focus on the positive transformation of their customer will be those who win in the end. And, and I just always think about that now. Who do we want our member to become? How can we assist them in an external, internal, and philosophical positive transformation? And if we're able to do that, we will win. So we start out by focusing in a big, big, big way on educational and content marketing. We have you know, a team of, of writers and a marketing department that uh, focus on employee engagement, productivity, and well-being. Because you know, Howard Schultz, 
of, of Starbucks fame said, we sell coffee. That's not the business we're in. We're in the business of customer experience and customer service. And that's kind of the same for us. We sell healthy snacks, but that's not the business we're in. We're in the business of employee engagement, employee productivity, uh, employee well-being, and helping businesses create awesome offices. So our parent company, you know, um, we have human, but the Snack Nation actually kind of um, silo is actually Awesome Office Inc. Because the reason that people care about having healthy snacks is because they want their employees to feel like they're cared for. They want to. They want them to be productive. They want them to be happy. All of these things, and they actually want to build an awesome office. That's what all office managers. That's what CEOs. That's what heads of HR want. They want to have an awesome office where people can thrive. And so all of our content and all of our marketing is not just on health. It's not on healthy snacks. I and mean, yeah, there's a little bit, but it's more talking at this overarching level of how do we help our customers increase engagement and you know and, and build a better workspace where people are just you know happy and productive and awesome. Um, so one third of our leads come from educational marketing, two thirds from uh, our an inside sales team. And beyond the educational component, we have our we actually have our own podcast, the the Awesome Office Show, which which is uh, doing really well. It focuses on creating culture, leading people, and inspiring awesome inside the workplace and at the office. So that's a you know that's a component of it. And then beyond that, it's also partnering with other other products. So it's not just about snacks, right? We just partnered with Jawbone, mm-hmm. doing a big promotion for them. Jawbone's a wearable technology to say, hey, you know what, guys? As a member of Snack Nation, you can also get up to 45% off, you know, Jawbone wearable bracelets and, and wearable technology for your entire office so that you can have, you know, tracking competitions and you can launch this in January as a part of kind of your health kick. Cool. You know, we, we partner with all sorts of people to, to add that into the experience and, and be something more than snacks while obviously also making sure that we never take our eye off the ball of, Hey, you know, at the end of the day, snacks is still, you know, is, is still our top priority. Mm-hmm. We got a customer advocacy platform where we, you know, have a lot of games and, and kind of engagement quizzes and, and tools and education that people can tap into. And, and then it's just asking a lot of questions. It's constantly service, service, surveying our members in terms of how we can do better and what else they'd like, including gifts and boxes and surprises and other things. And just always, always focusing on the customer experience. Love that. And that book, by the way, Who Do You Want Your Customers to Become? Uh, I just found it on Amazon. We'll put it in the show notes. It's Michael Schrage is the author, I believe. And it's uh, currently, at least at the time that I'm reading this right now, it's only $3.03 on Kindle. So yeah. Sounds like it would be a good read. No no excuse. And, I, and I, it'll take you, even if you're a slow reader, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure it'll take you like two hours to read. I don't even remember what it was, but it's a really short read too. Yeah, it says 92 pages, which is good. I love books that are just like, boom, that's what you need to know and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's great. Yeah, and what you said about kind of focusing on really what the, the business is about, you just happen to be using snacks as kind of the way to do that. It, it, it reminds me of Simon Sinek's TED Talk about why, you know, mm-hmm. and, and his example of using Apple and, you know, you, you mentioned a couple other ones too. It's just right along the same lines. And again, I love the fact that there's a bigger goal here beyond just snacks. Can you talk a little bit about, to finish off the, the talk about human and what what the big goal is for, for that? Because I'm sure Snack Nation is just one component of what human will eventually become. Yeah. You know, in terms of what we want to do, again, helping Unite Mankind and Nutrition. And one thing I didn't, I didn't even say, Pat, when you asked about the social mission, which is must be a it must be a Tuesday and I must have been traveling all weekend. Yeah, that's what happened. We we donate ten meals through Feeding America for every Snack Nation box sold. 
So, um, you know, that's, that's a big focus of ours is not only to, to pr- provide increased access to our members and, you know, to employees across the country, but also to, to fight hunger. And so we're, we're pretty pumped up about that. And that's something that's really important to us. And then from an overarching perspective, we have the ambitious goal of being the snack brand inside the office. I, I want to be the brand that the average employee thinks about when they think about healthy snacks in the office. And we also want to be the brand that people think about when helping them, helping their company create an awesome workplace. Um, think, think about the exact opposite of the office space, right? The movie Office Space. Have you seen that, Pat? Yeah. 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 Well, think about the exact opposite of that culture. I mean, 70% of employees in America are disengaged. A huge percentage of those are actively disengaged. It's like the estimates are like 40% of people who are actively trying to cause harm to their business. People really suffer a lot in their jobs. And that should not be the case. And it's and, and if that continues to occur, it's going to mean massive negative macro concerns for us as a nation and especially our economy. 70% of baby boomer led businesses that do over $3 million in revenue have no ability to attract millennials and have no transitional plans after they're gone. And so there's just this, there's this huge divide right now between the old school and the old cubicle farm offices, right? Like the movie office space and what the office should be. And that's a place where people can have fun and thrive and where, where work and life are integrated and it's all the same. And so we just, we want to be the brand that people think about when it comes to snacks in the office and when it comes to creating awesome offices. And I know that's not as maybe as specific as you want it to be, but um, I, I just know if people have that belief and we're the first ones that they think of when those things come up in their mind, I'll, I'll know that then that we have been successful. Awesome. Man, I love it. I love everything you're doing, Sean. Thank you so much for sharing all this information and just all the inspiration too. We've had other people in the past that, that you remind me of like Adam Braun and, and Dale Partridge who have like a bigger mission behind what they do. And that's kind of what I've, I'm, I'm striving for too. So thank you for the inspiration. And Sean, we, we just wish you all the best and, and we can't uh, wait to hear more about Snack Nation and human uh, in the future. If people want to learn more about what you have going on, what you're up to, I know you have a TEDx talk too. If you want to talk about that really quick, that'd be, that'd be great. Yeah, well, we're actually, I think we already created it. We got a cool, uh, a good, a great team at, at Snack Nation and human. We created a, a special page for SPI listeners. So I think it's snacknation.com slash SPI. We're giving away a free, it's like a hundred page guide of the ultimate guide to creating an awesome office. So if you work at an office, you know, especially if it's like 10 or more employees, check that out. You're going to get it for free. You can also get a, an awesome sample box from Snack Nation, a delicious, healthy snacks that your team's going to love. You can find me on Twitter at, uh, even though I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, fantastic, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm building there. It's at Sean PK. Mm-hmm. And then you can learn more about, um, you know, Awesome Office, what we do at, at uh, Awesome Office Show is our, is our podcast or awesomeoffice.org. But I'd say above all else, go to snacknation.com slash SPI. You'll get an awesome guide and, um, and some healthy snacks if, if, uh, if that's up your alley. Cool. Thanks so much, Sean. Love it. We appreciate the, the, the free gift. And yeah, we look forward to hearing what everybody has to think about this. So thank you once again. Hey, honored, man. You do such a great job, Pat, and have a, just such a great uh, network and listeners here. And so really, really uh, honored to come on and, and to share a bit. I appreciate it. Thank you. We'll talk soon. All right, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Sean Kelly from snacknation.com and that link he mentioned there at the end, which provides you with a free snack sample box plus the ultimate guide to creating an awesome office. You can check it out if you go to 
snacknation.com slash SPI. That's it, snacknation.com slash SPI. So go ahead and check that out. Very unique offer here on SPI because we don't normally get anything uh, sort of deliverables like that. Uh, we usually get access to certain bonuses that are information or downloadables or electronic, but this is really cool. So you can get a sample box in your guide today. Again, snacknation.com slash SPI. And also the resources and the links that were mentioned in this particular episode are conveniently list- listed for you at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 204. I hope you've been enjoying the free podcast content here. I'm really excited because it's one of my favorite things to do, and I know a lot of you have already taken action from the content that you've listened to on the podcast. And if that's you, congratulations. Just keep going, please. It's one of my favorite things to see. But I also know a lot of you, and a lot of you have been telling me that you've been wanting more. You've been wanting additional information, some accountability, some hand-holding along the way. And so depending on what it is that you're looking for, what I would recommend is actually go to smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. You'll see the courses that I'm offering there that are paid courses, but they're there to help walk you through certain processes. Depending on what problem you have or what issue or what thing you're trying to solve, go there, check it out. You can see if there's a course available for you and where you're at in your business right now, whether you're just getting started and you just want to make sure you have all the right things in place before you actually devote a lot of time and effort into something. There's a course for you there. For those of you looking to get started with a podcast, there's stuff for you there. And there's going to be more courses there in the future. And how do I come up with those ideas for the courses? They come directly from you. So thank you for all telling me how I can help you better. And if you have ideas for more courses that I can create for you, just hit me up on Twitter, at Pat Flynn, let me know, or uh, use my contact page on smartpassiveincome.com. But again, check out and see what's available, smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. That will be continually added to over time, so check it out. Thanks so much. I also wanna give a big shout out to everybody who, since the last episode, has picked up my new book, Will It Fly?, which you can check out at willitflybook.com. I've had such an amazing response from publishing this book. It's been such an experience, and I also wanna share the content in there with you if you haven't checked it out already. So again, check it out, willitflybook.com, and if you've already read it and you have yet to leave your review on Amazon, please go ahead and do that. That helps out so much. Again, willitflybook.com. Audio book is coming soon if it is not available already at that particular link. Again, thank you so much for all the support. I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, and I truly look forward to serving you in next week's episode. But until then, keep pushing forward, keep moving that needle, keep working on that next one thing that is on your list, and just do whatever it takes to make that happen, and don't let any distractions get in the way. You got this. Cheers, take care, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme 
It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it. 